Welcome, everyone. Today, we have Savannah Paver from MI Homes, a small little company called MI Homes, based in Columbus, Ohio, my hometown. Savannah, thanks for hopping on with us today. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I'm glad to be here. Now, you work with or around. I don't even know the, I don't know the answer yet. We're all going to find it together. But you're, <laughs> you actually definitely work around Will Duterstadt. Correct. Yes. Do you work more closely with Carly? Yes, Carly is my manager. Okay. So for those of you who have listened to all of the episodes, eventually we'll just interview every single MI employee. <laughs> Savannah graciously raised her hand. Uh, how long have you been with MI Homes? Almost four years. Oh, wow. That's a... It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah. And your title is SEO and Web Content Strategist. Yep, that's Un- correct. Unpack what that really means. Does that mean... what? Or is just one of those titles that sounds good, but they give you 10 other things to do? <laughs> sure. So before I started with MI, we really didn't have a direct SEO strategy. So coming on board, that was kind of first priority for me, just based from my background and from obviously understanding how important it is. So I've kind of helped shape that over time. I do a lot of one-on-one training with our divisions um, and I really head up the company-wide SEO strategy. So it's it's kind of one of those things that keeps developing, but having that be introduced to my title last year really helped me kind of fine-tune my focus to this area specifically. Well, I definitely want to circle back around to your origin story of how you got to MI and your background beforehand. But since we have someone who's uh, so deep into the world of SEO, let's just start with some easy questions like, why can't I be ranked number one for New Homes Columbus? tomorrow. Wow. Well, that is <laughs> like a 90 minute conversation in and of itself. But the bottom line is that content is king. And as Google's continually develop its algorithm and its understanding of worldwide web content, it's continually important that we shape that and prove ourselves as authoritative above any other website or web page out there. So it's definitely not something that just happens overnight. You can't just toss more money at it. We've got to carve away the time consistently to make sure we're doing all the things Google likes. Got it. So in terms of, um, let's just try to simplify it, which is always dangerous, but content creation, on-page optimization, technical SEO, and local. Mm -hmm. Where do you in particular focus more of your time? All of it, I would say probably mostly because of my direct work with divisions, I think content, on-page content optimization gets the the most focus. And I think rightfully so. Um, We have a great team of developers who helps a lot with the technical side. So although I have an understanding of it, it's not something I directly have a hand in. So all the things that I can have, the divisions help me, help MI, that's where I spend the most of my time. <laughs> right. So, but with any developer, you have to very clearly and accurately articulate what the goal is and the outcome. And so that was going to be my follow-up question was what type of partnerships you have on the development IT side of things. Mm-hmm. Do you, how many people are supporting your efforts? That's a great question. We recently just kind of restructured a little bit with our developers and some of the newer people we've brought on have been almost exclusively focused on some of the more technical side of SEO. And that's really helped a lot. It's been, you know, obviously music to my ears to be involved in those conversations, even just from a show and tell perspective, or, you know, we want to make sure this rolls out right from the get-go. So Savannah, what is it exactly that your vision entails and how can we make that happen? And then there's been a lot more 
um, UT testing and all kinds of things that really help make sure things get launched right from the beginning, which is helpful. Got it. And how have expectations changed in the four years that you've been there around not just what SEO can accomplish for the organization, but how realistic or unrealistic expectations are set? Sure. Um, I think especially pairing SEO with all of the other digital marketing strategies has been something that has taken time to get everybody to realize like, okay, I do need to set aside more of my budget for these paid efforts, but money is time for SEO. So having those kind of pair hand in hand, and especially with how, you know, COVID changed the business and everything like that, we've really been putting a more singular, singularized focus on how we can pair any kind of content efforts with any other digital marketing strategy. So one of my favorite all-time acronyms is COPE. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's create once, publish everywhere. And really being able to help our marketers understand that I've got this great asset. I've put a lot of time, maybe a lot of budget in, and I can really use this in all of my digital marketing efforts. Right. Um, That's been something I've been really encouraged to see us grow in and realize the importance of. Um, One of the things that I really enjoy is kind of conceptualizing and talking through an idea or a brainstorming session for something and then really making sure, you know, SEO is the top focus. How can we publish this great blog post, but then make sure we're, you know, using some internal link building and some off-page SEO like Google posts and getting, you know, all of our efforts aligned so that that asset works as hard for us in the long term as we need it to. I think that's great. And you make a great point. I think a lot of builders will identify organic content that's gaining traction on social as an example and say, oh, we should either turn that content into an ad that's connected to the organic post or at the very least, even though it's not necessarily ideal, they'll just hit the boost button, give it a couple bucks. But great ad content that is connecting with the audience also could go back the other way. And I don't think that's something that's thought about very often. Yeah, we've got to meet our customers where they are, right? So if they're more invested on a desktop device, ready to consume a long form piece of content, great. But we can still use that in some kind of social post and simplify that whole asset by, you know, here's the quick three highlights of this piece. And if you're interested in this kind of content, you know, here's where you can utilize your time best and, and consume all that good stuff. Now, one of the things about working with a, in a large organization, so, sometimes people talk, uh, they, they wish for being outside of their own corporate bubble or the world that you're in. But you also have, on the flip side, you have like an entire world that you're interacting with that is the company too. So there, there's definitely pros and cons. One of the things I'm curious is how how you think through when someone... Well, maybe I'll start this way. What's the craziest thing that has come from the frontline sales departments or management of, we really want to rank for like, you know, like Will probably came to you one day and said, I want to make sure we, we rank at number one for cats are awesome in Columbus. <laughs> is, there, is there anything yeah. that comes to mind in four years of, I'm not sure where that came from. Will just said that to me yesterday, actually. No, totally kidding. <laughs> but Yeah. So when we started off with SEO as a main strategy back in 2018, we kind of first asked 
sales leadership to go back to their divisions, meet up with their marketers and determine three keyword phrases that each product page or community page they'd like to see rank for on page one organically, right? So we didn't really explain the ins and outs of SEO or all the things that kind of go into a great strategy or realistic expectations. So we got some some really interesting things back for sure. And starting that initiative with sales, I think kind of put them in a sales hat, right? Instead of a consumer hat and thinking about how we ourselves as consumers use Google and search for things. And we're super lazy. And we really just let Google autofill our query every single time. So really trying to go back to conversations about, yes, that's a great tool that we can use to market this community, but it's not how people search on Google was kind of how we needed to take, you know, one step forward, two big steps backwards. And now we use tools that can help us access Google's search database and really, you know, pinpoint the terms that consumers are actually using, which is obviously way more helpful than us just taking a step. I love it. I I love that so much because it's exactly a lot of, and, and not that there's nothing wrong with personas. There's nothing wrong with market research where it's more quantitative to kind of fill in the gaps. But that's one of the things that I've found over the last three and a half, four years is if you're running a significant enough digital ad presence, it's telling you who your consumer is by who is responding. Assuming that what you're putting out into the world matches your brand and, and product that you're offering, I can tell someone by looking at, at the data of, of results from the ads that this is your target market. Not Whereas before, we'd have to ask the builder who, who their target market is. And, and the disconnect sometimes between what they state and where the consumers are reacting is what you're echoing there of it's helpful from a collaborative standpoint to get input from other parts of the organization, but you don't, it's not your North star. Right. Yeah. And I think one specific example we saw coming back a lot is like, Oh, we'd love to rank for this term was like new homes for sale in such and such a school district. And although sometimes people search that way, reminding our, you know, frontline marketers that SEO really meets people in their earlier on stages of looking for a home really kind of realigns those expectations because school districts are a much later consideration. They're not going to be in the same one fell swoop kind of search as general area like Columbus or Westerville or things like that. So yeah, that was something that I obviously didn't know before working for the industry. So you have to learn your business as well as consumer behavior, I think. Yeah. Consumer behavior. And you have to have an understanding of the persona by role, which again, I'm not saying to stereotype people, but there is a persona by role in an organization of what their bias will be. So let's play a a fun little game with the listeners. I'm going to give everyone listening about 10 seconds to come up with your own answer. But why do you think that school district was something commonly requested? Now, obviously, I don't know with 100% certainty why, but my intuition based upon the persona of a sales rep would be that it, it school district was a big part of their sales presentation. This is what separates us from someone else. And so they're taking that uh, unique selling proposition that's very important in the face-to-face interaction and saying then it must be equally or maybe even more important to dominate that upfront. That, that's mm-hmm. my hunch is why the school district came so, so frequently. 
Right. Or even when we're starting to build in an area we haven't been in before and we want to market the fact that we're going to be in this great school district, even though we're kind of on the outskirts. Right. And people don't need to know that yet. They need to know where we are, why this is a great product for their needs, living needs. And then we can circle back to some of the other things like school districts. But hey, not even every buyer and every community cares about schools, myself included. When I bought my house, schools were not a consideration I, I cared to really dive into. So I think that's always worth considering also. Yeah. So if I took away all of your tools and access to data, except for two things, we'll do what, that. What, what, are the, what are the two things that you would say these deserve? I have to have these in order to do my job really well. So SEO tools and potentially research tools or application tools or you you name it, whatever, whatever two tools you say, I've, I want those in my tool belt. Well, if I can't just say all of the Google suite in general, I'll pick no, I'll give you that. That's one. That's one. All right. Google suite. I'll take it. And SEM rush. SEM rush is my best friend on a daily basis for all things SEO. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, not necessarily that tool in particular, but tools like SEM rush in the hands of someone who is not as understanding about our industry or our market, it's really easy to use a tool like that and discover that the most searched term is the most broad term. Mm -hmm. Does that, that, you agree with that Um, statement? Yep. Talk to people a a little bit about why that may be distracting or or not. Yeah. You know, obviously any of us would love to rank for homes. And while that's (laughs) not a super realistic expectation, Understanding which pages on your website correspond with user intent, with how Google is going to prioritize pages that provide the best experience. Also making sure that each page adequately and accurately answer questions in that exact vein of consumer need. I think, you know, sometimes we'd love to have a product page be the answer for new home construction process. And that's just simply not how that goes, right? We've got... Oh. A good blog article or something else that that really falls in line with that in Google's eyes. Man, that's there's so much in there. But you mentioned something offhand about the connection between the term and where we send them, and this this adds the potentially confusing uh, grammar definitions of landing page and entrances. And oftentimes when I say the word landing page, people immediately go to Unbounce or HubSpot landing pages or some outside tool. Mm-hmm. But in, in the term of SEO, we just mean where they go when they enter. Mm-hmm. What is your view or MI's view more broadly on the use of, of landing pages in the uh, not part of your site using a third-party tool? versus creating the correct content. Because I'm getting this quite frequently, uh, folks who fall in love with the concept of having all the tools to quickly make their own one-off landing page. And we use Unbounce, we use HubSpot landing pages, we we use these tools, but for not not for general purpose use and certainly not for SEO. But I'm I'm curious to hear your take on if you guys use any of those tools uh, either for testing or long-term purposes when it comes to SEO. Yep. So I think there's a time and a place, kind of like you mentioned. I don't know that third party is the way that we would say that we go all the time, but we definitely use landing pages for paid campaigns, PPC, social ads, and things like that. But I think it all has to do back on what do you want Google to index from your site and really understanding, okay, if somebody finds this page 
just from a Google search, is that going to be the best experience for them? Or would something else on my site be more fitting? And do I want to chase my SEO efforts on that page instead to provide more of a holistic experience that has internal linking and really good on-page experience for the consumer? So I think that's that's mostly key for us. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Landing pages, whether it's a third party, it could still be a subdomain, however you want to attack that. But when you're spending extra dollars to get someone there, it's more understanding why a marketer would want to prioritize conversion. Mm-hmm. But SEO's main goal isn't necessarily how can we convert them in a single page. Right. right? It, it's, w- would you agree with kind of, it's, it's creating as many on-ramps that are as easy to use and as wide as possible for the customer to begin their journey. And then it's the site's job ultimately to lead them down the path towards conversion, not necessarily the one page we send them to, or just talk a little bit about how you think about that. Yeah, exactly. And I think a really good content strategy more holistically sees through the next steps and anticipates those next questions that a consumer will have after landing on your site from an organic search result. And if they're more interested in learning strictly about how you're builder finances, then having a link to a page that goes more into depth on singularly that focus and that topic is the best route, right? But if it's something that they're more interested in, how this city became something that MI is choosing to build in, and we have these great communities, and there's four or five to choose from based on lifestyle and chapter of life and all of that, I think that there's more than one way to weave in great content into one page, but still match towards the phase of the journey that the consumer is in at the time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Now, what if, and this almost never happens, but what if a builder were to develop a community in a not so desirable area, but it's close to a more desirable area? That's probably the second most popular, maybe the most popular request is, can you make us rank for that other area? And then we'll just kind of lie. Let's lay a little white lie. They'll figure it out eventually before they sign the paperwork that we're somewhere else. Talk talk to me about how you approach those situations, which almost again, never happen. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think setting those expectations realistically with what's actually going to happen and how search engines are actually going to respond to the decisions that are made in that scenario is super key because we can't just say we're in this great city, even though we're not and expect Google to be fine with that, right? We've got to be always prioritizing each, which is Google's expertise, authority, and trust. So there are ways, I don't want to say a hack because I think that's kind of implying going behind Google's (laughs) But I think with your site structure, there are ways that, you know, in in the breadcrumb and the URL structure, you can help kind of correlate the more desirable city name to more of the surrounding area that that community is housed in. And then, you know, obviously the, the land department can determine legally what the address needs to state. Yeah. But some of those additional content opportunities, you know, have a city page that talks about the great area and do some internal linking there and kind of establish more of the context in general where this community is in relation to that. I remember an extreme example of that, which I, we, no one would ever recommend, I hope, is <laughs> there, was a, there was another small builder in Columbus back in the day called Dominion Homes. And I believe they had a community that was in Dublin schools, but the city of Columbus. City of Columbus, not as desirable, but it was a little bit more, less affordable. And the sales rep there from the beginning 
just told all the customers that they could put Dublin, Ohio and the zip code. And, and so the assumption was the zip code still got the mail there. Like it showed up correctly, but it was like this internal lie that the salesperson was telling themselves about the community they were selling, which then translated into customers thinking, well, if I can put Dublin, Ohio on my mailing address and mail shows up, then I must live somewhere in Dublin. <laughs> Yikes. So not, not encouraged, but that's the kind of stuff that has happened in right. the past. Talk to us a little bit about where you see, do you see SEO becoming more important or less important in the next, let's say two years? SEO is going to become incrementally more and more important. I think it's one of those things that if you don't already have a great strategy and process in place and you know exactly what's on every single page and when's the last time it was updated and where all of your keywords are on the page, then now's the time, right? Like you've got to put other things on pause and make sure that that gets some of your focus. It's obviously something I'm very passionate about, but you know, you can open any trustworthy SEO publication online and see exactly the same thing. So I think if you're doing that in-house, you know, having a conversation with your team internally and making sure that everybody's on board with why that's so important, you'll definitely want to have, you know, it's like Will says, it's all in the pitch, right? You'll want to have your facts straight and some really good resources that showcase why SEO is so important for your business. Um, you know, something like an AREFs article that can show you in general how much organic search sends to websites above all other digital sources combined. Those kinds of things are really powerful in getting everyone on board who doesn't even have a hand in marketing directly even. So I think having that conversation, helping people understand on the level that they can, right? Because not everybody's going to know what a meta description is, but helping them understand why content is important and why getting people in their earliest possible stages of their home buying journey to your site are so important. I think you'll have a, a lot of buy-in. Now you brought up in-house. So an obvious follow-up question is what percentage of your SEO efforts are done in-house versus with outside partners currently? I would say we just have a small portion that's represented by consulting from outside sources, but for the most part, we do everything in-house. Got it. And, and I think that's, one of those things that is important to have, again, I, I think the ratio could be as high as 50-50, but one of the challenges I've seen in talking to hundreds of builders over the last uh, seven years about this is it's one of the things that's very hard to work with an outside organization on this if there is essentially zero or almost zero understanding of it internally. Hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from not, not from the outside partners wanting to take people in the wrong direction, but there's so many assumptions about how home building must be like every other vertical and every other industry that are painful lessons to learn either sure. monetarily or from waste of time and effort. If you don't fully understand the space, mm -hmm. does that make sense to you or? Oh Yeah. And I think another component I see often or I hear of often is, oh, well, just writing content for the website. Anybody can do that. So we could have a sales associate help out with that, or we could, you know, reallocate that over here if I don't want to scale up my marketing team. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not something everybody can do. You have to have that innate knowledge of why things work the way that they do and how search engines perceive your website. And I think that's 
just going to be more and more important. And I also think in, and I haven't worked in other industries extensively, so I, I don't know, but it seems like the numbers game must work better in other industries than ours, meaning just get a high volume of any kind of traffic to the site. And, you know, all I need, right? All I need is 1% or 0.75 or 1.25 to convert and all is good. So some of the stranger things I've seen done by SEO organizations is things like um, a obsessive focus on something like a college scholarship with the idea of this builder is going to give a college scholarship to someone who lives in this geographical area and pushing that out everywhere. And certainly if you're, if you're giving away $5,000 in a scholarship opportunity, you're going to get some traffic from lots of different places to that page. But that, that guy's kind of goes back to it's It's not just about the raw numbers. Mm-hmm. I think another one that I I've seen is creating, I would say good content, not great content on a site. And then overwhelming, sending the vast majority of the traffic to that page from social channels. And they're like, and then presenting it as look at all the activity. So, so let, just just talk to any confusion that that you've seen about what SEO is, and we, maybe we should have started there <laughs> versus everything. Because even even now, I still see players within our industry kind of conflating everything, and it's like, well. It's all SEO. And, 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 and some times when we're talking about it, maybe that's okay. Because at the end of the day, SEO is connecting the consumer with, a, with what they're searching for. But I think traditionally, we're talking about things that are not Facebook ads, Pinterest ads, LinkedIn ads, et cetera, as part of that, that setup. Or again, help me help everyone else right. make this less confusing. Right. Is it all so, the same? <laughs> no. SEO is definitely the unpaid side, right? So you could argue that time is money, like I was mentioning before, but those paid efforts are really geared towards getting target audiences towards specific pages on your website to align with that exact buyer and their exact intentionality, et cetera. To your point earlier with the intention to convert and really give them no no other option. But SEO really targets buyers earlier on in the process, they may not have heard of your company before. They may not know that they want new construction, more specifically to our realm, but they're starting their search for a home and they might even just need to be met with pieces of content that can help them understand how much house they can afford or what cities and somewhere they're looking to relocate to for work are good options for their price point or their family needs or what have you. And for SEO, we're really looking to help search engines understand what we have to sell and say. And Google's end customer is our customer. So really kind of pairing those experiences together as well. Google's always going to prioritize the end user's experience. So we are able to initially get Google to think we're a great match for something like new home financing. But then we lead them to a page that's just all about homes for sale. That doesn't align with that user in time. Google's obviously gotten much more refined over time. So SEO is really more the process of understanding what questions our exact customers have and shaping our website content on the right kinds of pages to align with those searches. And people aren't going to find our organic Google search result 
from Facebook, right? That's a different mentality. It's a different phase of the consumer journey. So it's important that we rank for those kinds of terms from an SEO standpoint, and then we can pair together some of those additional strategies and, and yeah. use pages. I, I, that's my take on it as well as they, they are complementary and they can help each other, but they are not the same thing. And so the, the example that really opened my eyes to how a lot of organizations do this was a company out of Canada. Uh, we were working with a builder in Edmonton and they were working with a company who is charging $8,000 a month for SEO work. They were then creating two blog posts a month at ostensibly a cost roughly of $1,000 or so, and then spending $5,000 on paid efforts to send traffic to those pages and then saying, look at what we're doing for you. And that's, I was just like, wow, that's, mm -hmm. that's not okay. Right. And we talked a little bit about the buy-in and I think some marketers face a challenge with getting a sales leader or the rest of their division on board with, okay, look, I have this Facebook ad. I can send you this link and you can see it. Please don't click the link, right? But you can yeah. see it. Whereas SEO is a lot more behind the scenes, a lot of that painstaking, in some cases, shaping of content consistently over time, not missing a beat, making sure you're constantly evolving with how Google's needs and changes are evolving. And that's a lot more less visible <laughs> to people. So really kind of understanding this isn't to your point originally in our conversation, not something that I'm going to do today and you're going to see tomorrow leader, but I can help you know that that's part of how we're getting buyers in different phases to our website yeah. in the best possible way possible. And the exciting thing is it's also one of those things that's really hard to copy. So, you know, we can all go to any brand's Facebook page, see the ads that they're running, uh, get inspired, find new ideas, and then make something similar tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Any strategy that you can go to work on that will deliver results over time and is hard to copy is something inherently that's worth continuing investment in. But you're right. You got, you got to pitch it correctly. I also think that um, I completely agree with your thought that SEO is going to become more important over the next two years. And if I abstracted SEO, and so maybe I'm part of the problem here, I, I'm taking SEO as a concept, not the thing we work on. I think that same approach to how we create content and make it easily discoverable for consumers is going to become increasingly important on all platforms, not just search engines. Because Facebook, Instagram, everyone has the same end goal of happy users. And at some point, uh, even Instagram, uh, or I guess, I guess we should just say Meta now, um, Meta is going to say, I don't care if you're willing to give me $4 a click. If the user experience is poor, I'm not going to let you run that ad because I can't have people leaving my platform. Mm -hmm. And in some degrees, it's already starting to happen, but it's going, it's going to continue to be the way that the algorithms are driving things. Is It's not just going to say who's the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. I think consumers are getting a little smarter as well, and that mm -hmm. might be a hot take, but <laughs> I think of myself as a consumer, and it's increasingly less likely that I'll just click on something at first pass, right? I need or or to at least we're going to start reading the, the page description, not just the big, bold blue text at the top yeah. of an ad, right? It's right. Because like, we've all learned that, you know, the number of times you're looking for a specific product and Home Depot will come up as the number one search option. And then you click it and it takes you to a generic page, not the specific product you're searching for. 
Yep. Or a 404. Yeah. Or, or a 404. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, this product is out. Oh, great. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I tend to recommend to someone who's interested is before you rush out there and just hire someone for however many thousands of dollars a month to help you from an outside or, or begin to build an internal department, I always try to recommend resources to self-educate. So at least they can get themselves up to that level of being able to give clear direction and hold others accountable. What would be your your guidance to people who say, I either want to start to build over time an internal department, or I'm going to start the hunt soon to find an outside partner to help me? Mm-hmm. Well, my bookmarks folder and Chrome on my work <laughs> is a little crazy. I look like a psychopath if you just hop in upon that on my computer, because <laughs> it's kind of my all extensive library of resources I've collected over the years. And I regularly check back to, to help myself continually grow. So I think maybe the first word of encouragement I would give is SEO is one of those things that never stops and always changes. So don't be intimidated by the fact that there's a lot to learn today because there's always going to be a lot to learn. So Mm -hmm. take comfort in that because you're not alone, but also really help yourself understand SEO and how it pertains to your website individually before you just go, you know, reallocate that to somebody else. Because if you have a hand in website content, you're playing a part in SEO for your company. That's just the bottom line. So I would start always, always with Moz and with SEO Roundtable. I think those are two of my favorite go-tos to not only learn the basics of SEO, but also keep updated with any kind of Google algorithm update or any kind of shift in how things work with SEO so that you can stay apprised of all of that. One of my things that I've positioned myself for is I don't want to ever be the last to know something. So those are kind of my go-tos to making sure I'm not the last to hear about a shift in an SEO component that's going to really radically change my day-to-day, right? So yeah. I think those are, are where I would start. That's awesome. We'll put a link to both those in the show notes. And Moz in particular, I know, has a fantastic kind of introduction to SEO series of blogs and videos, all mm-hmm. kinds of resources there. It's a great place to start. I agree. Yeah. Well, Savannah, thanks so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure to get to know uh, new smart people. And I'm sure this won't be the last time that we'll see see you out uh, and about and hope to have you on a future episode. Thank you so much, Kevin. This was great. Have a great rest of your day. You too.